Welcome. I'm Riley Karsh. I'm Tova Copan. We are thrilled to bring you the We Go Boldly podcast. Let's talk big burning questions, life changes, and maybe a bit of personal business. Let's be bold and brave together. Are you ready? I am. Here comes the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Go Boldly, the podcast. I am Riley Karsh, and I am here with my amazing, fantastic, wonderful, fabulous, all good things, co-host Tova Copan. It is season seven. We are talking about big feelings today. Big, big, big feelings. (laughs) Before we get to that, um let's, you know, let's say hello. Let's talk to Tova. How are you today, Tova? What's happening? You know, um, uh, I'm good. You guys all get my lower voice. It's getting higher as I get my voice back. Um, but I'm good. I, I, I have had an incredibly productive morning. I feel like I'm doing all the things I don't like to do or don't want to do, or like just, only have that like little window of time, right? So getting the boxes out for recycling, if I like don't do it, then it has to wait another two weeks. And then like, so things like that. And so now I'm like, give me all my like crap to do's because I'm doing them today. Nice. I'm feeling pretty, feeling pretty good about that. I haven't had that feeling in a while. So that's fantastic. That's, yeah. that's good to hear. I am uh, very tired. I feel like I say that a lot, which I'm going to work on, I feel like for the new year of boosting my energy. So you know, if you're out there and listening and you have energy boosting ideas, send them my way. I could use some more energy in my life. Now that may require me actually setting better boundaries. So, um, we'll come back to that in, I'm sure many more workshops and other episodes of the, we go boldly podcast, uh, where we love to talk about boundaries and saying no to things that we don't have time to be doing, but, uh, that's not today's (laughs) <laughs> not today's well, theme. And, and I will just add, speaking of workshops, we are doing a workshop tonight. And based yes. on how little sleep I got last night, um, I will be going to bed the moment it is over. So let's just, <laughs> my my energy does have its limits today. Yes. And I'm just hoping it gets me through the day and the yeah. workshop. Also, yeah. I hope my voice gets me through the day and the workshop. Right. That it doesn't give out by the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's just something I've noticed lately is like, I'm constantly tired. And I was going, you know, why am I so tired all the time? It's not like, you know, I'm not sick. I'm not, I'm not, not sleeping. There's my double negative for the moment. Mm. Um, you know, so what's happening? And I realized that I'm just overscheduled. And so going back to that whole busyness season we had, and I think you've said this before, Tova, that that was one of our hardest seasons because really it's like the thing we need to work on the most is, is dealing with the busyness. And, um, especially when you're running a business and you're a parent and you're a partner and you're a business partner and you're a human with like friends and a life and an interest in doing things, right? Like it just gets busy. And sometimes you forget that you have to actually set some reasonable boundaries around your time. Um, So, but I'll get back to that. And uh, I think it's good to remind people also that we all get stuck in these things and it happens to all of us. Um, So that's, that's how I'm doing everyone. (laughs) But Back to the topic at hand, Uh, as you guys probably already know, if you've been listening along all this time, um, season seven is all about embracing your power and what that means for each of us. and, and how we're doing it, like, you know, okay, embracing your power. Great. How? So one of the things when we were sort of plotting out how the season would go, one of the things that came to us is this concept of big feelings, not just Mm. like your everyday feelings, but the, the big ones, right? Like the big overwhelming feelings and emotions that come up in your life that we all experience and how, those, those moments, those times when we are overwhelmed or, you know, kind of overrun with feelings, how that can interfere with our ability to embrace our power. Um, So that's what we're talking about today. And as always, we're going to start with some definitions. And I, I did some of the research for this this week, and I found 
Um, I found an interesting definition that um, that I had known like way back when, when I was getting my degree in psychology, but like hadn't thought about in, I don't know, 20 years. And so when I read it, I was like, oh, right. And um, it was kind of an exciting differentiation to me. And I, I don't know if anyone else will geek out with me, but um, listen, I was excited when I read the outline. <laughs> but the, I was reading a bunch of articles and they kept differentiating between emotions and feelings. And I hadn't really thought about it this way in so long that um, I was blurring the two things together. And so what all of these psychologists, psychiatrists, scientists, people who are smarter than me were saying is that emotions are, you know, your kind of unconscious physiological experience that give us information about the world. And these are just the reactions that we all have. And they're not really controlled, they're instincts. And they were saying that feelings are our interpretation of emotional experiences and physical sensations. So feelings are experienced consciously and they're, they are the subjective perceptions of emotions, which is which makes a whole lot of sense because what we say a lot of times is you can, generally speaking, you can control your feelings. You can take charge of your feelings, right? But there are times where like emotions, like something disgusts you, you're not, you're not really in charge of that. It's like, it's just disgusting. Um, so it was interesting to have this differentiation come up in the scientific articles I was reading and to have that sort of nuance explained to me. So hopefully that makes sense to everybody. If you know, I'll I'll put all the links to the articles I read in the show notes. So if you want to, you know, nerd out like I did, you can, <laughs> you can feel free and and do that. But I found that differentiation to be pretty enlightening as to why certain behaviors kind of go the way that they do. But I think it's an important distinction because I think that oftentimes, um, especially with the big ones, we can have big emotions and not know what they are. And like, you just have this big experience of emotion and you're like, am I, am I scared? Am I excited? Am I, could I be angry? Like, like what is happening? And the, the idea that our feelings are the interpretation of that um, is, is interesting. And I, you know, I don't want to talk about this too much because we're actually going to talk about it in our next episode, like with, which is, you know, some of the advice that we would give ourselves, but I can look back and see that I was interpreting emotions not accurately. I don't want to say wrongly because I was doing the best that I could at that time, which we'll talk about in the next episode, but I was not interpreting emotions accurately. And so the fact that there is a difference between feelings and emotions is a really interesting and sort of helpful concept um, with just understanding how our minds work and our bodies work. Yeah, because I mean, it, it makes sense just biologically, right? That you would have instinctual reactions to the world around you like that as a, as a survival mechanism, right? That's part of how as animals we have to survive. Um, and then of course it also makes sense that you would have ways of interpreting that and then added another layer onto that. It makes sense that the ways in which you interpret those emotions is is very much dependent upon all of your life experiences and how you have been raised and the people you've been raised around and the the media you've been raised around and the schools and you know and on and on and on so the separation of emotions and feelings now now that i've like sort of started this process of looking deeper into the explanations makes a whole lot of sense and it explains a whole lot more about why why we talk about you know you can you can adapt your feelings you can manage your feelings you can what we're going to talk about today 
feel your feelings, which, you know, people say it all the time. Right. And, and we'll get deeper into this after we take a break in a, in a little bit, but you know, the phrase feel your feelings is ubiquitous. It's like everywhere. What does it even mean? It's such an annoying phrase because you're like, yeah, I want to feel my feelings. Okay. How? Like, that's and by super... the way, we've, we've said that a lot. We've said the oh, phrase yeah. a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. I say it all the time and I put it in our social media. I put it everywhere. Cause it's like, yeah, go feel your feelings. It's really important. But like, what does that mean? Um, and so, you know, it, it, it's in order to really understand that concept of how to feel your feelings and like what it means to feel your feelings and why one should feel their feelings. I mean, I can't believe how many times I just said that, um, but <laughs> what all that means, it, you know, in order to even start to understand that you have to understand that feelings are just interpretations of your emotions, right? It, that it's just like an, a layer on top of your instincts. And so it, it's all dependent upon how were you raised? How were you taught to feel or not feel? how you know often right or how how do you even look at emotions do you even know what emotions are as you just said Toma, in the beginning which so many of us don't like so many of us were taught so quickly to stuff our feelings and to stuff our emotions that we don't even know what it looks like we couldn't name it and so that's you know, to, to just circle back to the whole point of this episode, we were talking about embracing your power in season seven and the reason being able to understand process and move through your big feelings matters is that how in the world could you embrace your power if you are constantly stuck in your big feelings? And I think we've yeah. said this, like, I don't know. I don't even know how many times we've said this at this point, but if you are stuck in your big feelings or you're stuck in your, any feelings and you're not processing them or you're not dealing with them or you're not acknowledging them or whatever you want to call it, they will come back to you. They, you, you can't escape them. You can't live in denial forever and not ever face some consequences of that. It may not be that you feel those feelings, but something else is going to happen to let you know that those feelings exist and need to be processed. And it might be, you know, physical illness. It might be mental illness. It might be, um, you know, some other thing comes up from the universe telling you, Hey, look at me, you know, you know, this is something you need to deal with, but you're not escaping it. Like there's no escape. And I, you know, it's interesting as you were talking about identifying feelings, you know, as children, you're given worksheets, right? Where you're like, are you happy? Are you sad? Because there is a step as part of a kid's development that tries to help them identify their feelings. Um, And I know it's better than it was in the past because I remember when uh, we were at home and I was kind of putting things on the walls to like replicate a classroom. And one of them was about like identifying how, what your feelings are. And it was a, a much larger spectrum than like happy, sad, angry, you know, that was it. Um, but I still think we have the tendency to talk about feelings as if they are bad or good versus just they exist and they're neutral and they are what they are and you need to meet them where they are. And that's the only reason that you can, that's the only way you can feel them and deal with them. And, but I think we're still probably telling kids that they're bad and good feelings and it makes it, you know, where kids don't want to tell you if they're sad or they're angry um, or they don't understand those feelings because we don't spend enough time on those feelings Um, And we add a level of like shame and guilt. So if you're angry at something, not only do you feel angry, but you're told that like you shouldn't feel angry. Uh, And I'm not even getting into like the patriarchy of it all. I'm just talking about like what we tell all little kids like about their feelings. And so it's no wonder that as adults, we're walking around going, I don't know what I feel. (laughs) I don't know what this is. What am I supposed to do with this? Um, because I think informative years, a lot of times we're not helping our kids navigate what to do 
with those feelings. Or if we are, maybe we're doing it at home and not at school. And so, okay, at home, you can have all of your feelings, but at school, you have to pick good feelings or bad feelings. Yeah. And I think on top of that, the the secondary layer that I see certainly with my kids and, and in most of the cultural settings I'm in is that we often apply feelings as if they are characteristics, right? Yeah. As if they are personality traits, as opposed to some neutral feeling that you might have at one moment that you will not have, you know, in the next moment, that it's just a feeling that's passing, you know, instead of saying, I feel angry, you say, I am angry. Like, yes, these are, these are very different things. Right. And so we Did you attrib- teach me this. I think you taught me this when we talked about this before. It's, I don't know, maybe, um, but it, it's very frustrating to me because, well, as we've said, words have power. When we consistently say over and over again to somebody, you you are angry, you are angry, that sends the message that they're an angry person, right? As opposed to you're feeling yeah. angry and that's okay, but you're, you know, the way that you're expressing your anger isn't working for me. Those are very different things. Um, and I'm not suggesting that I'm perfect at this because, you know, I happen to have an angry little kid at home <laughs> who I have to deal with this all the time. And there are days where I'm like, you know, not managing that well. But then there are other days where I try very hard to make sure that I'm not saying you are angry, you are angry because th- th- that's unfair. Like, yeah, it's, you know, that's an unreasonable um, thing to put on a human like just because somebody has some anger at a moment doesn't make them angry, right? And so if we attach those emotions and those feelings as if they are personality characteristics, that's that that becomes a whole other world of trouble. Yeah, and it's so easy to do. Yeah. And it's so easy to do for ourselves as adults. Um you know, I think it's, it's very easy to do with kids, but I think it's, it's easy to do less about other people and more about ourselves as adults. Like I'm an angry person or I'm a sad person versus like, I feel angry. I feel oh, sad. Absolutely. I mean, I was told my whole childhood that I was a serious kid. I'm, you're a serious person. Why are you so serious? Why are you so serious? Like I, I can, I can hear it in my head. I can hear it in the voices that I was told it in. And, um, you know, Tova knows me pretty well at this point. I'm pretty funny. And like in my, in in my mind, when people ask me what I'm like, I, the first thing I think is I'm serious and it, it, and it's just been ingrained in me. And it takes me like a moment to step back and go, okay, well, wait, what am I really like? And like, I have to stop and think about it and, and, and come up with my own my own characteristics versus the ones that were planted in my head as a kid. And I was, you know, I was serious, but I was also super shy and, you know, uncomfortable with new people. So listen, there was foolishness around you when there's foolishness and you're not into the foolishness. You're the serious person. Yeah. Like, um, (laughs) yeah, it's, and it's fine, but that's what I'm saying. Like that was implanted and that's how easy it is. And not, and that won't happen with every kid, but it certainly happens with enough. Well, and, you know, we need to take a break and come back and talk about like what we mean and how we mean about feeling or feelings, yes. but to, to just, to add this on embracing our power, embracing our power means you, know, you need to be able to feel your authentic feelings. And so if you are told that you are an angry person or a serious person, and then you have a moment of joy and happiness and excitement, you may actually squash those feelings down because you're like, no, I, I, that's not me. I'm not, I'm not joyful. And we, we see this trope a lot on like, um, TV shows with teenagers, how there's like the angry teenager. And then he sees something that excites him, but he doesn't want to let anyone know whether he's excited about it. And obviously that's also like hormones and all of that stuff. But, <laughs> but that is still what happens is, and it happens the other way. And we, I just watched, um, the movie enchanted with the boys and, the the main character um whose name i can't remember but she's the princess character is uh gets angry but she like doesn't know what it is 
And the the man that she's with, who is like the not fairy tale person, is like, you know, had told her about how he he's like, you make me angry. And then later when she gets angry, she's like, I'm just, I'm just, you know, and she sings to birds to help them like clean her kitchen. And then she's like, I'm angry. And it was so hard for her because she's a happy person and happy, joyful people who sing to birds do not get angry. And so it goes both ways, but either way, you're, if you're trapped, not able to feel all your feelings, you're not able to be your authentic self. And that's like step one to be able to be able to embrace your power. Right. So that's why we're having, you know, we're going full circle here, but let's take a break. And then we can come back to talk about how, you know, when we tell you to feel your feelings and like everyone and their brother tells you to feel your feelings, how you should actually do that. So we'll be right back. Hey, Tova, you know what I love? Coffee, definitions, uninterrupted reading time. Okay, all of those things are true, but I also love maps. As in Siri, take me to the beach? Yeah, also as in uh, who am I really and who do I want to be? Yeah, I figured that's what you meant, but I also have the beach on my mind, so... Well, we were talking about things we love, so that definitely makes sense. But the map I was thinking about is our Defining You course. Yes, we put together Defining You as a way to map where you are and how you want to live your life. So true. So many people struggle to find their purpose in a busy and noisy world. That's why we made Defining You. Our course meant to guide you to creating your own mission statement. And there's good news. You can get it now on teachable.com. Find the link on our website at goboldlyinitiative.com backslash courses, or check out the link on our Instagram bio at goboldlytogether. We can't wait to see you there. Now let's head back to the show. Okay, so welcome back. Um, We are gonna talk about how to feel your feelings. And um, as you can imagine, it is not easy as uh, it sounds um, because most of us have spent our lives not feeling our feelings or giving ourselves only like a certain amount of time to feel them or like we are not we are not being led by our emotions and and I you know we are used to being in a society where it's like oh they're you know they they're emotionally driven as if that's like a really bad thing um i have literally never heard emotionally driven as a compliment no no but uh we see people who live their lives as being emotionally driven who do amazing things, right? Like I look at Glennon Doyle for an example, where so many of her decisions you can tell are just, she got angry and she's like, we're doing this now, but no one ever describes emotionally driven. And so as a positive, and so we, we really don't know what to do with our feelings. So how to feel our feelings. And, uh, this will not surprise you, but, um, there is a mindfulness practice and and there's a specific one and I'll let Riley flesh it out, but um, meditating, I'm just going to throw in our favorites, like meditating and journaling can be two great ways to feel your feelings in what I would describe as a a safe environment. Um, Because, you know, especially these meditations that I particularly enjoy where they are walking you through something. So you kind of like know that someone's going to help you get out on the other side too. Like you kind of have a, a buddy and you're like, I'm not in this alone. Um, but journaling as well. Those are two of my go-to mindful practices for this, but I, I'd love you to describe the one that you came across. Yeah. So in, in some of the research, there was a very specific mindfulness practice, um, for feeling feelings. And, um, what the research suggested is that you, it's kind of like a you know, a four-step practice. So first you name your feeling, assuming you can name the feeling, right? So you just try, if you can figure out what it is that you're feeling, you name it. So if you're feeling sad, you just, you can say, I'm feeling sad, or you can, this is great to do with journaling as well. So you can write it down and write down, I'm feeling sad or feeling sadness, bullet point, whatever works for you. And then you allow the feeling sensations in your body. Now, a lot of people really don't like to do this because it's uncomfortable. Um, and I get that Tova understands that as well, but 
this is a huge part of the process. We have said this so many times. The body holds onto your feelings. So if you don't allow the body to physically process those feelings, it's just going to keep like death gripping them. So let your body process whatever it needs to feel in order to move through the process. If you kind of, if you try not, you know, if you try to hold too tight, if you try to control the outcome, if you try to refuse to let it happen, um, it's, it's, it's not going to move forward. Um, so that's step two, allow yourself to feel the sensations in your body. What is, um, wonderful about doing that is you can then journal that. So you've written down whatever you're feeling. You can write down whatever the sensations are. That's a helpful way to get it out of yourself. And then the third step is to mindfully investigate what is at the heart of your feelings. So one way to do this is to, um, put an image of your initial feelings and thoughts in your head as kind of a reactive wave on the surface of the water. So this is very wooey. I'm just warning anyone who's listening, but it does work. Um, so you imagine a reactive wave on the surface of the water where we typically resist and slash around. Um, and so the goal is to drop into deeper and more vulnerable waters where the core of your pain and values reside. So what that means essentially is if you think about your um, your your feeling as it's just as if it's just floating at the top of the water and then you want to imagine what's underneath the feeling so the feeling is sinking deeper and deeper into the water and you're thinking about okay what's underneath the feeling and it's sinking into the water and you're looking and looking and looking as it goes deeper into the water you're on you're starting to understand more and more about the feeling and what's behind it the fourth and I think most important step is to be compassionate with yourself, to not judge the feeling, to not label the feeling good or bad, and to not be harsh about whatever is happening and however the process has gone for you, especially if this is the first time you've ever done something like this, because this is really, really hard. Yeah, I I do um to can sort of continue and, and slightly tweak your metaphor of the water. Um, the way I some and and I say this because I just want everyone to be prepared, which by the way is uh why our next suggestion is gonna is gonna be there. But um I sometimes picture feelings like an iceberg <laughs> where the part that you can see on top is really not that big and there's so much underneath. And so if you are like, this is going to sound silly because you're like, I'm a grown woman. I'm 40 years old. Of course, I'm not new to feeling my feelings. <laughs> but are you? Um, if you're new to actually like taking the time to feel your feelings rather than covering them up and pretending that you're not, um, she says from experience, uh, you may be surprised at how big the iceberg is under the water and and just, you know, good luck with that because it's hard which leads us to our, our next recommendation for feeling your feelings. And that is therapy. And, um, it can be, uh, the, the, it can be helpful. It can be necessary depending on what feelings you stir up, because, um, as you start doing this, you may be like, Oh, I feel nervous about this or whatever. And that's like the top surface. That's your top surface feeling. And then as you delve down or, all the feelings that you never felt that your body has stored up and, and they're all starting to bubble up. And suddenly you're like, maybe it was that spelling bee in second grade. And you're like, wait, why am I still thinking, you know, and, and then this is where therapy can be very helpful. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, the next one I will also take is to focus on your physical sensations associated with feelings first and and then move on to like the feeling aspects. And I think as you get more accustomed to feeling your feelings, you will recognize that your body often gives you signs, um, indicators that something is happening. Um, I have had the experience where I feel like my body was warning me about that, that I wasn't acknowledging my feelings because 
I was just trying to get through the day and I had little kids and I was just trying to like show up for them and get through the day. But my body was giving me a warning and would not let me ignore the feelings. And it will not always be that loud, but there are often times where our, we have physical sensations that we associate to feelings. And we've all talked about how like we've, I've said up many times on the show where like I carry a lot of my not bad feelings, but lot, not joy <laughs> in my stomach. And so sometimes I'll get something and my stomach will be upset and I'll be like, okay, what, what, what feeling is associated with it? It's like, I have to figure out what's going on, but that's a good, a good, another step to sort of figure that out. Yeah, for sure. And it's essentially just fl- that's flipping the mindfulness practice around. So if you're more, if you're a person who's more attuned to your physical sensations and less able to name your feelings, it, it makes sense for you to start with your body first. Um, and the thing that I guess we want to say with all of this is to do what is natural to you. So if it makes more sense for you to, to start with your physical sensations, start that way. If it makes more sense for you to name the feeling, name the feeling, um, there's no one formula that's going to work. The next recommendation is a, again, surprise coming from me is a little wooey. Um, but I happen to really like this one and, um, I would recommend doing it in your head and not out loud. So people, um, you know, or just doing it when you're alone, but befriend the feeling. So especially if it's something like fear or anxiety or, um, you know, any of those feelings that you, you might find a little scarier and imagine it as a separate entity that you want to take care of. So sometimes I think of it like a cute little puppy dog, or I think of it like, you know, I, I don't, I think of it like something I want to like swat away with a tennis racket, but, um, you might think of it like a cute little puppy dog or, you know, like a cuddly kitten, something like that. And you want to take care of it and you want to be kind to it. And you want to, you know, I don't know, like feed and water it and be nice to it so that you, it will like process and go through. It's just one way to look at your feelings and allow them to exist without you feeling like you have to run away from them. So if you're afraid, like if you have fear of something and, and it's not, it's not rational fear, like, oh, fire burn, right? (laughs) It's, it's, you know, it's, it's fear, but it's, you know, fear of change or fear of, you know, just trying something new or something like that. Um, If you look at it and it, you can turn it into something else. It will help you deal with it and address it and move forward. So that's, you know, it's, it's just one way to manage those kinds of feelings. Well, that movie, what is the movie called? In and Out? Is that what mm-hmm. the movie is called? Right. I mean, they, they actually give you little cartoon characters that you can have for your feelings. If exactly. You want. And I just, just yesterday I saw a tweet or meme or whatever about how you know, Pixar realized there's a whole generation of people that needed therapy. And so they just started making movies to help us deal with all of our, you know, issues. <laughs> I think that's a hundred percent accurate. But I think that like that in and out movie is just, you know, if, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's it's really a good movie. Yeah, I love that. Um, but you know, there are emotions inside somebody's head and they're all little characters. And like I think that you are right. And I know I talk about anger a lot uh, as a feeling that I've struggled with navigating. It's a strength. I mean, it's a feeling a lot of women struggle navigating. Um, But the idea of instead of pushing it away and thinking something's wrong with me, something's wrong with me, I'm feeling anger and I'm angry and something's wrong with me. What would have happened if, you know, two decades earlier, (laughs) I would have befriended it and said, okay, I hear you. You're telling me something. I have these big, big emotions and I'm feeling something. Oh, by the way, this is a sneak peek to some uh, suggestions I would give to my younger self um, for next week. But like, what if I would have done that? And I would have said, oh, you're, you're telling me something like, and I talked to one of my sons who does have big emotions, um, big, big emotions. And he is He is a magical kid who is filled with joy and filled with anger and filled with big, big emotions. And we have talked about how 
angry, being angry does not mean something's wrong with you. It just means something's wrong. And it's our job to figure it out. Like what, what are we angry? Because like eight-year-olds, but two-year-olds, also 41-year-olds, sometimes we don't know what we're angry about. And we've talked about this before, um, last last time, I think, actually. Um, and so the idea of befriending a feeling, I think, is is a really wonderful idea. I really like it. Yeah. it And it also takes away the judgment of the feeling, which is, I think, one of the hardest things to do is to stop judging ourselves for how we feel because it one we've been conditioned to judge ourselves for how we feel and breaking our conditioning is is extremely challenging and two we often don't want to feel how we feel right like how often do we just not want to be angry anymore or not want to be sad or not want to be frustrated or you know any of those feelings it's not like anyone wakes up in the morning and goes, I really want to be sad today. Um, It's not a welcome feeling. And so it's often just something that we judge ourselves for and feel shame about and feel frustrated about. And if we can befriend the feeling and make the feeling, you know, something that we feel compelled to care for and you know almost like your inner child right if you're doing inner child work you can you can imagine it in that way like you want to give it a hug and you want to say here's a cup of tea and let's sit down and talk it out um and I find it easiest to do that if I make it a separate thing from myself right like if I separate it from me then I can go oh look there's this cute fuzzy thing and I want to take care of it um, which is, you know, a whole other statement on how I view myself, but um, I, I, whatever it takes sometimes, right. Whatever it takes to help you move in a healthy direction forward. Um, and, and there's nothing, there's just nothing wrong with, with doing that for yourself. So, you know, the, the other, the other thing that I'd like to do. And I think, um, that I found in the research is to ask your feeling questions. So whatever you're feeling, ask it, ask it some questions. And obviously this is you asking yourself questions like surprise. Um, (laughs) I don't know why I'm whispering to everybody. Uh, (laughs) but you know, if you're imagining it as a separate entity, if you're not, doesn't matter, ask the feeling questions. How long have you been here? Because sometimes we don't even know, like if you're suddenly feeling angry, it's possible you've been angry for a long, long time and you just never noticed. Right. Like I'm just laughing because I'm, I'm thinking my first question would often be like, who are you and how did you get here? (laughs) Right. Like what's your name? Um, (laughs) you know, but I'm in all seriousness, ask the questions because you never know what answers you're going to get. And yes, they're coming from inside of you, but that's the point you're getting in touch with yourself. And you want these well, answers. And haven't we felt before like we are like disconnected from our feelings, but not in a good way. And you're just like, I don't even know what's happening. Yeah. Don't even know. Right. Yes. And, and we're going to take a break and we're going to talk about why it's important you feel your feelings. But one of the reasons is because you can have these huge reactions, right? And you're just like, I don't even know why I feel this way. And like you're so disconnected. But what if you could like be disconnected, but in a healthy way, (laughs) like, who are you? How long have you been here? Like, why are you here? Um, why do you keep coming back? Um, and maybe mine's more of an interrogation. I need to work on this. (laughs) Right. um, Like, um, what, what brought you here? Um, you know, what other, what other feelings are connected to you? What I, I know the question that I'm reading says, what do I need most right now? But I, I could say like, what do you need most right now? Like, what do we, what do we need to do? How do we work on this together? Um, I think these questions are great. I think it's a really good thing. It's actually something I want to, you know, talk to my kids about because yeah. I think especially as kids, especially as kids that are, you know, um, if we're all healthy and fortunate, inevitably are going to be adolescents and then their feelings get even weirder and (laughs) more intense. Yes. And you feel even less in control of what is happening with your feelings. So these are great, great uh, questions. Um, 
should we take a quick break? Yep. And then come back and we can talk about why all of this is so important. So we will take a quick break and be right back. Know what I really love to do? Uh, take baths, go for walks, read, drink margaritas, hike. Yeah, not what I was referring to. You know we're recording a commercial right now. I do, but I'm thinking outside the box, being adaptable. As I was saying, what I love to do is host our live monthly workshops. <laughs> oh, right. That's what we were talking about. Me too. They are a lot of fun to put together and host every month. And we can bring margaritas, so... Join us for live conversation as we get a bit deeper into topics near and dear to our hearts. We go through everything from self-care to setting boundaries. We share coaching tips, practical advice, and take questions from the audience. It's a whole lot of fun. Sign up for our newsletter today at goboldlyinitiative.com slash contact to make sure you hear about all the upcoming Go Boldly workshops. You definitely don't want to miss out. Now, back to that show. Uh, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. So we are going to talk about why we needed to feel our feelings, um, both just in general, and I want to start with one of those, but also why it's important when it comes to embracing our power. And uh, when I mean in general, we, if we have not already recommended this book, I don't know how, but uh, we will recommend it now, which is The Body Keeps Score. And it is a long book. I give you that. Um, but, and you, it, it's actually one of those great books where you can kind of, you don't have to read it all at once. You can pick your parts and kind of see what, what you need to read. But the fact of the matter is, and we've both alluded it to it earlier today, your body holds on to the feelings that you don't process. So ignoring feelings does not actually work. You are not actually ignoring them. They are still being processed or sort of kept kind of like a, I'm picturing like a pipe that just keeps getting clogged and they're just being like layered on top of each other in the pipe. And it's gross. Yes, Riley's making a face. And that is the face that I want you to think about. That is the face. That is what you're doing to your body when you are not feeling your feelings. Um, and listen, we are making a caveat for sometimes feelings aren't safe to feel. When you're experiencing trauma, there is a reason that you're not feeling your feelings. There's a reason that you're not even aware sometimes of your feelings. But we're talking about big emotions, but maybe ones not associated to imminent threat and trauma. Right. Um, but it, they will get junked up and gunked up in your body and they will stay there until you feel them. And that is um, sometimes I will, you know, feel a, a neck strain or something. And yes, I stretch, I'm, I'm stretching it unless you're on YouTube, you can't see me stretching my neck, but like I, <laughs> I stretch it and I can do some stretching and yoga, but you know, a lot of times it happens when I'm stressed and it's, it's not just because my muscles are tight, but it's because I'm ignoring feelings and I'm not processing something. And fortunately, my body is like, nope, it's right there in your neck. You got to process it or that will be there forever. Um, and so that's just a starter reason on why we need to feel our feelings. Um, but there's lots more. <laughs> yes, definitely. And, you know, one of the sort of overarching reasons to focus on feeling your feelings is that it once we get into the routine, right? Once we get into the habit of feeling our feelings, first of all, it gets easier. It, it, anything that you create a habit of becomes easier. I mean, that's like, it seems obvious to say, but I'll say it anyway. So when you have a habit of feeling your feelings, it's easier to process those feelings. I'm not saying the feelings get easier. I'm saying the habit of processing those feelings gets easier. So that's just to be clear, like sadness doesn't magically become less sad. It's just easier to deal with the fact that you get sad. Um, and that doesn't take away if you are, you know, struggling with mental health issues, you should still see a therapist. You should still do whatever it is you need to do to deal with those, those issues. Um, speaking from personal experience, I highly recommend therapy for all sorts of, you know, personal issues, um, concerns, 
etc. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't change the feelings. It changes the way you process the feelings. Very important distinction. Um, uh, I, I was just going to add, it, you know, when you, when you make feeling your feelings a habit, um, it also means that every time you have a big feeling, you are not necessarily having to do a deep dive into like your past. You can yeah. actually just deal with, and we, we've talked about grief and regret and we talk about, we've talked about how pa- the past can affect you. But um, when you have done that, the f- when you're doing the work, even if you're not done the work, cause the work never ends, woo-hoo. but um, when you're doing the work, uh, sometimes it does allow you to just feel the feeling that you're actually feeling at that moment without all of the other feelings that may be attached to it from your history and your life. And that, that is another benefit of feeling feelings on a more regular basis. Yeah. And, and of course of having processed, you know, sort of your history, right? Like if you haven't dealt with your past history, um, if you have one to deal with, then obviously that just will keep coming up. And we'll, as we've said, I think, I don't know, five times so far in this podcast, if you don't deal with your, your feelings, they just keep coming up. They keep coming back. It's so fun. Um, but the other, the other overarching aspect of why we need to feel our feelings is that it allows us to kind of know ourselves better. It allows us to intellectually and emotionally understand what is important to us and to our inner core, which as anyone who listens to us knows, we feel is extremely important. It's, I mean, we did a whole course on it. We uh, talk about it all the time. Well, we, I think we've done two courses on it, to be honest. Basically, um, yeah. Sure. <laughs> and, you know, we talk about your inner voice all the time. This is just one more pathway to opening up your inner voice to your purpose, to understanding yourself at a deeper and more knowing level. So, all of that being said, you know, fundamentally fearing your emotions, right? Not being willing to experience your emotions, to look at your emotions can impact your relationships, your mental health, your physical health, pretty much any aspect of your health. Um, when you're afraid to even examine your, your emotions and your feelings, you can, according to scientists and my own personal anecdotal experience. (laughs) So either one of those for anyone interested, it can lead to bursts of rage, isolation, trouble connecting with others. It can also lead to long-term depression and anxiety. So uh, none of those sound fun. Um, You know, I don't, I don't know what you think, Toma, but it doesn't sound fun to me. Uh, No, no, doesn't sound great. Doesn't sound great. I, I will also add um that and, and you've said this but it can affect the people around you yeah like and you know i i was recently called out by my son rightfully so that um he was he was wrong and he was right but that i was stressed all the time and he blamed work and he blamed he blamed a variety of things that would be like your normal go to um if you, that that was what in his brain is what was happening. And it really made me reflect because I have had personally a few months that have been incredibly stressful, not, you know, the most stressed of my life, but I have to realize that like every, every stressful time of my life will not be the result of like a new pandemic or a separation. Like there will be other stressful ones that are still stressful, even if they don't live up to those high standards of stress. Um, and it could be a car breaking down on vacation and then having car issues for two months. It could be parents having health issues, family having health. Like there's a variety of things that had been causing me stress. And I think I was processing them but I wasn't processing them. And what it was coming across to my kids is I was angry at them. um, And I didn't think I was angry at them, but they thought I was angry at them and frustrated and stressed. And so I realized that despite the fact that I work really hard on feeling my feelings, I wasn't feeling my feelings. 
and, you know, work needed to be done. And so, um, I think we are in the habit so often, even if we are, you know, a little farther in the process where we do want to feel our feelings saying, okay, I'll feel them, but just not right now. And then the next thing happens and the next thing happens. And if you're not taking the time to practice mindfulness, to go to therapy, even if you are taking the time to go to therapy, as she raises her hand as someone who goes to therapy and still wasn't totally processing all of the stress, um, they build on each other. And it certainly doesn't allow you to embrace your power. And it doesn't allow you to be the, I don't want to say it's not the most authentic version of yourself, but like just yourself, like I feel so much better, even though hearing him tell me that, and Riley can attest because I spoke to her right afterwards, was not an enjoyable experience, but I feel so much better in the last few days after hearing it and sort of being like, okay, this is something I can do something about. Like, this is something I can work on. I can feel these feelings. I can talk to my kids more. Um, And it's not easy, but it's something we can do. And so it is just your feelings get out somehow. Maybe it's back pain. Maybe it's yelling at your kids. <laughs> They're going to find a way out, whether you like it or not. Uh, and so we need to make sure that we're doing it in a healthy way. Right. And I think importantly, it's, you know, we have to keep in mind that when we deny ourselves the opportunity to experience the reality of our feelings we are going to fill that experience with something else and generally speaking that something else is not going to be a healthy choice right whether we are filling it with um you know mindless television whether we are filling it with work you know overwork and I don't mean just work, I mean overwork, whether we're filling it with substance abuse, um, food that, you know, we don't need to eat. We're just, you know, overeating to, to fill the void or whatever, um, whatever vice that we have, and we all have them to, um, to attempt to fill that space with something other than experiencing the feeling. Because eventually, you know, it's like you kind of have to, you have to fill it with something in order to avoid the feeling. Otherwise, the feeling just takes over. Um, You can't, you can't just fill it. You can't just leave it there or you eventually feel it. Right. Because you're like, because you can't actually ignore feelings. Right. Like you're still addressing the feeling. You're just doing it in an unhealthy way and you're not processing it. Right. (laughs) So feelings will be felt, but you get to decide if you can feel them, process them, learn from them, and then allow yourself to like step into your power and be your authentic self. Or as I might do, you can eat potato chips. Right, exactly. Like those are your two choices, right? You have a big (laughs) feeling and you can feel it and process it and experience it and learn from it and, and move on and be your most authentic self and step into your power and live your most limitless life. Or you can eat potato chips (laughs) or whatever it is, right? Like we all have our things. I mean, and we happen to both like potato chips, but like, you know, maybe I don't even keep potato chips around. It's just always the thing I I would eat if I could. Same. But you know, maybe you're an over-exerciser, right? And you'll go run too much and like, then you'll injure your knee and then you won't be able to run anymore. And then suddenly there you are not able to run anymore. And what do you do now? Now you feel your feelings, but it's even harder because you can't exercise, which is the thing that brings you joy. So it's like, just feel the feelings. Just go ahead and feel the feelings so that you don't now listen. Torture yourself. Yeah, you know, you mentioned my, you mentioned um, my uh, mindless television. You know, a great way to feel some feelings is to, for me. Now, this does not work for everybody, but this yeah. works for me. If I'm struggling to really figure out what my feelings are. Or I struggle with feelings that are quote negative, bad feelings, you know, that as a child that we were told, um, 
I can put on steel magnolias. I can watch a sad movie with some potato chips and or whatever, because once again, I don't even have them, but um, whatever. And I can with my journal. Right. And it gives me it does a few things for me. It gives me two hours. So I like kind of know there's a time limit here. Like I'm going to feel big emotions. There's joy, right? There's no, she's pregnant. And then she has kidney problems. And, you know, like there's the highs and lows of steel magnolias. Um, I mean, I don't go full beaches because I I can't pull myself out of that one. But like steel magnolias, I can roll with it. Funny, Dolly Parton, you know, ups and downs. But I can feel my feelings. It sometimes helps me identify what my feelings actually are. And it has that finite time to it. And I know like I'm giving myself space. And I'll also say this, and I know I've said this in the past when we've talked about feeling our feelings before. Sometimes there's big feelings and you need a journal and you need to allow yourself that time to to wallow. And I think not that long ago, did I text you and say, how do I tell the difference between feeling my feelings and wallowing? Right. I did. Okay. Yes. Yep. (laughs) It's a question I ponder. Um, But in case I'm worried about about falling too deep into the feelings, um, I might make sure that I'm meeting a friend for coffee the next morning or like I'm I'm doing something. So if I do get too caught up, because that can happen because you start going back and going back and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And and then it can be overwhelming. Um, I do try to make sure that I balance it with like an activity, a positive activity that will happen. Um, But I haven't been there for a long time because, well, although I did text you that like three weeks ago, but I haven't been in there um, in that where like I worried about my wallowing, yeah, right? where I was concerned that it would overtake me because I'm more in the habit of feeling my feelings. There's a couple things that I really want to highlight about what you just said, though. And I think this is super, super important for people to understand. When you were talking about the steel magnolias, that wasn't mindless TV. That was extremely intentional, right? You had your journal, you had your comfort food, you had a movie that was a certain amount of time that was going to elicit a very specific response and help you understand exactly what it was that you were feeling and allow you to express those feelings. That is very intentional. That's not mindless television. That's going to allow you to deal with the feeling, process it, get it down on paper and move forward. So, and if you have some comfort food while you do it, more power to you. Like when we say feel your feelings, we don't, we don't mean like stab yourself in the stomach and suffer. We mean feel your feelings and feel good. Like I don't, and I hope I haven't made anyone think that you're supposed to suffer through this. It's meant to actually uplift you. It's meant to be a process whereby you experience at the end, a lightning a lifting, a, a release of any heaviness that might have existed before. So whatever helps you accomplish that is wonderful, but it ought to be intentional. It ought to be something that you do with purpose. And so I think it's really important to note from what you've said, specifically with the Steel Magnolias example, but like whatever it is that, that causes you to do that. If you listen to a certain song, like I do it with music all the time, there's certain songs I'll put on and they will get me either to um to write which is my catharsis or they'll get me to dance which i know you do too tova mm-hmm. and that like gets some of the emotion out of me um but like for the for the runners out there like back when i was a runner um you know if i would go for a run i could get that runner's high and that would get some of the um get some of the adrenaline pumping in me and then i would get to the point where i could start to process some of the feelings i was feeling whatever they were and I would be able to get through and, the, and not in an avoidance way in a, okay, this is what I feel. This is how I'm going to get through it. And not in an over-exercising way, not in a, I'm going to punish my sure. body so that I don't have to feel these feelings in a, I'm going to get to this point. It's going to help me release enough so that I can actually feel this feeling. And then I'm going to process it. Right. So that's a very intentional, yes. very different way of, um, experiencing feelings. And I think it's very important for people to understand that it's not about suffering. It's about um, processing and dealing with the feelings in the way that works for you. 
Well, that's also, you know, it's called a good cry. That's why they say it. She had a good cry. Yes. Like feeling sadness and not keeping yourself busy. So you don't feel the sadness because you still feel the sadness. So now you're sad all the time because you're not feeling the sadness, but actually allowing yourself, let's say it's grief. Let's say a a pet dies or you lost a job and you're sad. Like, yes, you're anxious. You're a bunch of other things with like the job, but you're also just sad. If you let yourself be sad, truly sad, that pure emotion, you, it does feel freeing. It does feel lighter afterwards. Um, Just like when you put words or actions to anger, if you are angry about something, um, there is a reason that there wasn't a red wave uh, in the midterms. And it was because a lot of people were angry, right? Scared, nervous, anxious. Yes. All of those things and angry. And they put actions to their anger and we were flipping state houses, you know, <laughs> like things were, you know, and so those quote bad feelings when they're felt can make, can lead to joy. Yeah. They, you know, and they can lead to, um, lightness, uh, if you feel them. And I, I do want to say something about just highlighting, and I, I guess we have to give homework really soon. We can obviously yeah. talk about this a while, but, um, so what you said about running, cause I, I remember I used to, before I used to be addicted to running and ran to the point that I got such bad plantar fasciitis that I had to stop. Not that your example was on point or anything. Um, I will get back to running at some point, but I, I remember starting, you'd start with a problem and like, I wouldn't even think about the problem somehow. And like at the end, I would have a solution or I would have like the weight would be gone, but I didn't consciously even remember processing it. But it's the same reason a dance party works, right? Because both of those activities have you connecting your mind and your body. It's the same reason like mindful walking or doing a meditation while walking, um, It is so helpful. There's, and I don't know what book I was reading that would talk about it, but it talks about like shaking out your body and like Mm. shaking out the emotions because your body, it's actually, it's a great way to give yourself energy, which you were asking for at the beginning, um, throughout the day is to take like breaks throughout the day to literally shake your body because it helps release things just like running, just like a dance party in your kitchen. Because once again, we're back to, there's such a strong connection between these feelings and your body. You can't separate them. Um, And, and all of this is necessary so that you can embrace your power. And so you can feel joy, right? Like if you want to feel true joy, which to me is like such a pure emotion, but also so scary to feel you have to be willing to feel sadness and and the other scary emotions. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I agree. Um, well, I do think we have to wrap up, which, um, that went fast, even though it's a long episode. I know. (laughs) The longest ones always go the fastest. I know, I know, but it's homework time. So we, would love to remind all of you that we have our Go Boldly Together circle. We meet once a week and uh, we would love to have you join us. So you can find out all about it on our website or on our social media links. We uh, would love for you to be there. We meet Mondays right now, but we have uh, potentially another group forming in the near future. So feel free to reach out to us with any questions that you might have. Um, also for this week, we want you to take some time journaling surprise, um, write out your latest experience of big feelings, whatever it was, um, and try the mindfulness technique we were talking about. So what was, you know, name the feeling name, how it felt in your body, if you can, and then try to go a little bit deeper. If you can do the ocean, um, sort of mental image, try that. If that doesn't work, try whatever you think will work for you and try and go a little deeper on the feeling, see what's underneath it. And please, please, please remember to be kind to yourself, be compassionate, do not judge your feelings. Um, 
what did you, you know, what did you do with those big feelings when you had them? Do you still have them? Maybe write down what you would like to do differently next time if the feelings have gone or what you would do the same. And then, you know, think about how you're going to deal with your big feelings in the future. Let us know how all of that goes on social media. You all know where to find us. We are on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, We have our blog on our website. You can find us pretty much anywhere. We always want to hear from you. We're always interested in what you have to say. So reach out anytime and we will be back here next week with our next episode. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to We Go Boldly podcast. We know you're busy and we love spending time with you. If you enjoyed this week's episode, let us know. Head to Apple Podcasts right now to rate and review our show. While you're there, be sure to click that subscribe button. Want more us time? Follow us on all the socials at Go Boldly Together. Want even more us time? As in all the coaching pizzazz. Find us at GoBoldlyInitiative.com for all the info. We will be back with more excitement, research, and deep thoughts next week. Until then, keep on being the bold, brave, amazing people we know you already are.